That is Jim Diapolis of NBC Sports talking about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's 3.03. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Fast Lane with Brad Thompson, Chris Ranji, Randy Carricker, and Jim Diapolis can say that all he wants. But the fact of the matter is, against Jacksonville, there were several blatant holding calls that I know the rule to holding. If you pull a guy's jersey, you can't. Uh, it's supposed to be called. And they were not called against the Patriots. Well, Randy, next level. Next level is further in this piece. He talks about knowing the officiating crew, like knowing mm-hmm. what they call more often. If you've got a crew that uh, that doesn't call holding, whatever offense, or uh, uh, the opposition doesn't call offensive holding, uh, or they do, look, you send the house. Like, he just, uh, Taylor makes uh, the, the way that he does it. He's a student of the game, and that's next level stuff. Like, you're always worried about your X's and O's, and you, you always worry about different matchups on the other side. Uh, and generally, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows what crew they're going to have, just in case there's some sort mm-hmm. of a beef somewhere. But to know all of these things and then to be able to implement all the information that you have acquired, you get it to your coaching staff and you get it to your players, that to me is special. That is so hard. So you to be able to coach your team to cheat properly. It's not cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating. So holding it's isn't cheating. Rules, holding isn't, isn't against the rules. Did they call it? <laughs> That's irrelevant. What if I get a strikeout? What if I get strike three off the plate? Am I supposed to say, sir, that was off the plate by an inch? No, it's a judgment call. But it is what it is. What's is holding? The strike zone is the strike zone. When, it's when, these when, inches. It's up. It's down. It's, when, it's, 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 when you pull a guy's jersey and pull him down to the ground, that is not did, against did, the rules. Did of the, the zebra rulebook? call it? No, that, the zebra didn't call it, and they they have a tendency see, to not call well, it. So we know where we can take liberties. So, we know where we can't take liberties. So we're saying that the zebra is always right. Oh, we're, we're so saying, we should never argue a call. No, you can argue all you want. It's what's overturned and what's not. And that's what Bill Belichick knows. That's what his staff knows. That's what his players know. And that's why they're more prepared going into every game than the opposition. The preparation is to cheat. The separation is in the preparation. The preparation is taking advantage of any opportunity that is given you. So if you want to call it cheating, that's fine. here's Here's the issue. If there were consistently quality officiating in the NFL, you wouldn't have this issue. But, humans err. That's what in everything. Unless you're gonna have robots do everything, humans err. And there are different things that somebody sees that other ones don't, and that's where the genius comes in. So you don't think the Patriots get any special dispensation from the officials? No, I think they're just incredibly smart at what they do. Did they cheat in Spygate? Yeah, probably. Did they cheat in Deflategate? Uh, more likely than not. I'll use their own <laughs> saying. Uh, but with this stuff, I just think that it, it's uh, it looks that way. Like optics all the time. Oh, the Patriots get a break again. They get a break because they're ready for the break. Like they know who is calling. Uh, pass interference. They know who is calling holding, and they play their game not, that way. Well, exactly. Case, or who's not? It's perfect. The things that you can get get away with a little advantage, because we know this: one call that goes the wrong way, or one big play, like that could be the difference of a Super Bowl or not. They're more prepared than everybody. I do think they they led themselves to getting a little bit of help from the officials. What I don't think is it's some sort of sinister plot by the NFL to make sure the Patriots get all the calls, because I don't I don't really think that's what. The they want. I do think the league would prefer a team like New England to be in a Super Bowl or a market like New York to be in a Super Bowl. And I would have said Los Angeles, but they don't care over there. Um, One of the bigger markets, I think they would prefer to be in a Super Bowl. But I don't think they're telling officials, hey, man, why don't you take it a little bit easy on the Patriots? Because we can see the calls. We can see what they're doing, what they're missing, what they're screwing up. So I think there is a lot of really good coaching that comes in here where they know how to exploit 
certain things, certain different crews. What's different, though, in the playoffs is that a lot of these crews are not, it, it's not just one crew that's mm-hmm. worked the season together. They're taking the best, and they're putting them, this is basically an all-star crew is what they're doing here. But the it's Patriots debatable. do, well, yeah. Index card right, in the game. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but, but he handles the game well. I'm told he, uh, uh, he manages the game really well. But statistically speaking, over the last six to seven years, the Patriots do get fewer penalties mm-hmm. called against them by about 13% in the regular season. In the playoffs, it's about a 25% less. That's and advanced scouting right there. It, it's genius. It, it really is. And I think what's going on there, and by the way, the ringer, which is where this piece came mm-hmm. from, they did this and, and presented those numbers just about a week ago. I think Belichick just knows what he's doing. This is what's telling, though, and this is where people will get upset. They will look at this, and this is from NFL Research uh, that put this out right after the AFC Championship game. Patriots were called for one penalty against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. That was for 10 yards. 10 yards worth of penalties in the game. It is the fewest penalties called on one team in a playoff game, in a playoff game, not just a championship game, since 2011 when the Patriots were called for one penalty in a win over the Ravens. They get the calls, but I don't think it's a matter of the league just wants the Patriots to win, so they're telling the officials to take it easy on them. Well, uh, the rule is, for example, if Brandon Cooks runs out of bounds and is uh, at that point ineligible to catch a pass, there can't be pass interference against somebody who's ineligible to catch a pass. Is it reviewable? No, it's not. Well, sorry about it. That's, You're going to miss things. People yeah, miss things. The, the and just because it's the Patriots doesn't the, mean that, that it's a the grand Patriots, scheme. The Patriots got that call. Are you the talking Patriots, about the far sideline? Uh, you're tell, the, yeah. the Rams yeah. never got a call back in the day when you actually rooted for the Rams. They didn't get calls never. ever. That didn't happen. No. Well, they never made any good plays. As a matter of fact, even <laughs> in the greatest show on turf era, they were heavily, heavily penalized. And Vermeil always said, because the league didn't like the fact that the Rams moved here. Well, on Dan and Randy, they were reckless, and you know it. Well, when they became good, Vermeil told them, look, you're going to have to beat not only the opposition, you're going to have to beat the officials. The Patriots have never once had to beat the officials because of, number one, the intimidation factor that Belichick has and the fact that Robert Kraft is buddies with uh, with the commissioner. You're crazy. You are crazy. Uh, this is this is gameplay. These are guys like you know how quick you have to make a decision uh, being an official. Like it's like that. Like it's so fast. You don't have time to be like, oh yeah, and how oh, I'm going to hear this from my boss who talked to. Did you? No, you make did decisions. Did you see the officials at the end of the AFC Championship game celebrating with the the Patriots? They do that with everybody. It's fist bumps on the way out. You build relationship. You're friends. You're friends with umpires after the games. Like like, hey man. Thanks. Good stuff. Whatever. There, yeah. He wasn't. Uh, they weren't. The, the referee taking they time. They were doing a pyramid for Tom Brady to turn around so they, that he could pop him on the chest. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wanted to get a chance to he see one of the greatest. No, he, just, he waited. Tom's the goat. Yeah. Wouldn't you hang around to see, see the goat? I asked for not his if autograph. I had any integrity and I was an official. Well, sorry about it. I would ask. Ask him to sign your hat. Yeah. Sign my white hat. So, I brought a marker. I, I do think that inherently, they they don't have to think because. Going into a game, the Patriots are going to get the benefit of the doubt. Good for the Patriots for getting the benefit of the doubt somehow, but They've earned I don't, the benefit I don't of the think doubt. officials they need to think about it. They have earned yeah. the benefit I, I of the doubt. Officials need to think about it. the benefit of the doubt. Guys, they come in prepared, knowing tendencies. We talk about tendencies all the time. We talk about how a pitcher pitches you, or we talk about uh, a game plan. Look, they always run this play. In a pinch, they do this. 
why can't officiating be the same thing? Like, this is what's going to happen. We know. We've watched so much video of this mm -hmm. guy on a big play at the end. Look, you can get away with putting your hands on the receiver for more than five yards, or you can get away with whatever mm -hmm. it is. Like, that's just next-level stuff. I do agree that all coaches put in a ton of work. NFL coaches probably put in more work than uh, any other coach mm -hmm. in sports, especially in professional sports. But I also think it's very possible that Bill, uh, he makes it a point to know more about each officials and each crew. And each rule. That he's, and, and each rule. Because in, in the piece they're, they're, they're talking about, and I think Mike Pereira was the one who said, the officials understand that Bill Belichick knows the rules better than just about anybody else, and, and they'll have other coaches who protest something he's done, not realizing that what he's done is within the framework of the rules. Those coaches just don't know it because they haven't taken the time to know. And my point is is that holding is against the rules. Well, yeah, I mean, I think they miss those. What, what I disagree with is that officials are purposely missing more holds against the Patriots than they are against other teams. I, I think it's a mis I think it's just a mistake. And, and there was a terrific quote in the piece, and I can't remember what it is, but um, it, it was something about don't just assume that when something is something nefarious happens mm -hmm. that there's evil behind it. With the Patriots? That, that maybe, no, hold on. Somebody no, 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 said I'm talking about, I'm talking about no officials. gate involved in this one. This is one of no, the non-gates. I'm, 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 I'm talking about officials. Um that there's not something sinister behind it. It's just incompetence. It's a, oh, Well, that's possible with the NFL. The, well, the, the one to me that, that just uh, tells the most about the organization is where in the piece they're talking about uh, talking to players that have played in multiple organizations. They just talk about how each coach to a man, how well they coach the little things. The stuff like this, like, hey, these are the officials. This is what they do. This is what we can get away with. The adjustments that they make, not Everywhere does that. It, it, it's, it's further than just do your job. BT, that's ridiculous. Because I know that Jeff Fisher, who had Danny Amendola, had Chris Long, had Kenny Britt, he told them he'd fix that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, here's the difference. There's a lot of coaches that say whatever they want. I mean, they can spout off some 7-9 BS. There are other coaches that say it and then actually get to work and do it. You understand. And, uh, you, guys do underst you guys do understand that half of the job of, a, of an NFL head coach is PR. Yeah, no. That's half the job, man. You got to spin it. Jeff Fisher was good at that side. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. And, and by the way, the answer I think we can all agree is robot uh, officials. It's a good idea. Uh, we do have uh, Super Bowl 52, the Cheatriots and the Eagles on Sunday. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> hey, been say that again. Slip? Say that again for BT. I don't know if you heard it correctly. Uh, What'd you call them? Uh, the New England Cheatriots? It's <laughs> not how you say it. I think so. Uh, and I, I don't think you it's just dynasty. Me. Uh, I think that there are a lot, the people, Eagles. a lot of young people that believe that Bill Belichick has made it to this level because of one thing. Bill Belichick is a cheater. <laughs> there you go. Do you need any more information? Oh, we hate greatness. It's fine. Randy, half, uh, half this town probably hates you. You're good at what you do. Nobody hates Randy. Get yeah, out of yeah, here. He's do. too good at what he does. That's true. Probably cheats there on the 4 o'clock fight daily. Oh, there are the, the Cheatriots. Yeah, with the There's Randy logo. does dominate the 4 o'clock fight. Seems Jim like he gets Porter lucky a lot of times, doesn't it? It's almost like he's listening or looking at our sheets. I think he's looking Something. at the sheets. I mean, he can't think... just be because he's smart, can it? There's a big bit no, of No, that's never the explanation. That can't be a thing. No. Hmm. Greatness is okay. <laughs> next up, what if Tom Brady wins it all and rides off into the sunset? That's next in a game of what if here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Cool. Time for a little game of what if here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. And here is Big Sis. 
Randy, you teased it. What if Tom Brady and the Patriots win the Super Bowl and Tom rides off and retires into the sunset? They're a dynasty and he's the best ever. He'll have more Super Bowls than any player in history. He'll surpass Charles Haley, Super Bowl championships, than Charles Haley. I think he's already the best ever. Um, but that'd be amazing. I just don't think there's any chance of it. I, th- I think he really does want to continue to play as long as he possibly can. Yeah, I'd really be surprised. Like that, yep. Everybody wants to go out that way. You want to go out after winning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. You want to be Peyton Manning, right? Right off into the sunset. Uh, but he doesn't appear to be ready for that. Now, maybe his big thing is shock value. Like he just wants to act like uh, I'm just putting all that stuff away so I don't have to get any questions about it and then just leave. I don't see it coming, though, because he's not showing any signs of slowing down. He's not like Peyton Manning where he thought his neck was going to fall off at any given moment. Right. No, he looks pretty darn good still. I think there's a better chance of Belichick actually retiring and walking away than Brady. That could happen. I, I would be really curious to see what happens if he does get a serious injury and then all the stuff he's been preaching about his method and his diet and his water intake and how it would be difficult for him to get hurt. How do people look at him then? Wait a minute, you got hurt? And I don't think anybody would look at it. Injuries happen. He basically says he can't. No, he, he, says he, he does can. not say that. He says he takes care of himself and he puts himself in the best place to succeed. Like he gets, He's not saying he can't get hurt. He's not saying he's Superman. Oh. I'm well, going to check the tape. He's saying he's Superman? I, I he can't like get he kinda, hurt? I feel like he kind of thinks that. No, I don't think that, so. That his muscles will somehow recover better than other people? I don't know. I've seen that movie. It was good, and the other guy was made out of glass, basically. Oh, uh, Unbreakable. That was the one. Yeah. Who's that guy, then? Uh, that was because there has Jackson. To be an ant- no, but who is it in the NFL? Is it Gronk on his team? He just on gets his hurt? team? That's a good question. I don't know. Anyways, go on. In the past couple of days, a couple of professional athletes have been traded without even knowing it. What if all of a sudden you were traded to a different radio station and you had no idea <laughs> it was happening? Is it one of those uh, trades where you get a five-year extension too? Like it just happens on the you end. You can handle of it? that. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that you could probably. That would suck to get traded and not know about it. Especially, I, I forget the dude's name. We were talking about him yesterday. They got traded uh, from the Redskins mm-hmm. to the Chiefs. Kendall, Kendall Fuller. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where, where he's tweeting, uh, I'm safe, y'all, I'm good. And then he ends up being <laughs> traded, and he goes back into the bushes. Yes. So um, I uh, I know the world we live in. I know it's an information age, and once you have it, you get it out, right? Somebody, there has to be some proper channel where – you tell the player first like he knows before hearing it on social media because i've had multiple transactions actually where whether whether it be like a random hey i'm starting that day or i'm getting sent down where i heard about it beforehand and as a player it kind of pisses you off a little bit it's like come on right tell like tell me before i have to answer a question from a reporter who is breaking the info i don't love that well the problem is a lot of times it's the agent it's somebody in his camp that knows because I think most teams are really tight-lipped about any conversations they're having. Yeah, Fuller and Blake Griffin found out <laughs> immediately. That's that's a bad way to find out. Yeah. If you're Blake Griffin, you find out you're going to Detroit on Twitter. Ugh. Ouch! Take him to Detroit. What if Edward Mujica has a prominent role in the Cardinals bullpen? Things didn't go as planned. Hmm. Um, I think it's a good pickup, and it's good uh, depth to have, but that means a lot, a prominent role. So we're talking 7th, 8th, ninth inning. We're talking about one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, means a uh, one of or a combination of uh, Gregerson, Tui Vailala, um, Dominic Leone, 
Who else? Cecil, Lions. Mm-hmm. Like somebody in there didn't show up, and probably multiple of them. If you get Mujica that jumps into a role like that, um, we've seen greatness out of him, so it's there, or it was there at least a couple of years ago. I'm not saying he can't pitch at a big league level, and I'm not saying he can't be in a good role, but to get the opportunity, that means some other people have to falter. I don't think the Cardinals are going to have enough wiggle room for falter this year. And I hope that if this does happen, it's because he's pitching so brilliantly they can't ignore him. He has pitched five games in big league baseball in the last two seasons. So he's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Lots in triple A. Rested. What if LeBron James actually goes and plays for the Golden State Warriors? There um, won't be enough basketballs. To go to go around? Yeah. If you have LeBron and Curry and uh, Durant on the same team. You know what? I agree with you. I think he'll ruin it. I think that yep. he would ruin the whatever the synergy they have there. Like, whatever it is. And I, like, I like LeBron. Who doesn't like LeBron? Like, he's just great. He's the best at what he does. But it seems like teammates tend to not like him at some mm-hmm. point. Like, people that just uh, end up leaving uh, or are upset or every year there there's some sort of infighting going on. You want the best player on earth, but you don't want to mess up a good thing going. I think they'd go 80 and 2. But the, with the two. Uh, they would have to open up the cap space by Someone's moving sick. Clay Thompson to Cleveland, which would not be great. No. So Cleveland this, fans would love that, by the way. Mm-hmm. But you get oh, back yeah. Clay Thompson. Yeah, not bad. Oh, great. He can make it rain out here for no reason. Yeah. Thompson and uh, Iguodala, I think, were the two that would fit financially. This whole catch rule thing seems, seems to be a big issue in the NFL. What if the Super Bowl ends on a disputed catch? And the Patriots get the benefit. This would be the best Perfect. thing ever, actually. Yes. Um, oh my God, I would love it. Was it? Oh, uh, I would love it. Was it Jesse James yep. that had That's the why one the that was at home field in the playoffs? That was the overturned one. Mm-hmm. Same exact play. Same play. Different tight end. It's Gronk this time. It's a catch. It's the. It's a touchdown. Super Bowl is over. I might come back on and just agree with you, the fight we just had in the first segment. <laughs> like, the league definitely wants them yeah. to win, and they cheat all the time. I think it would be the greatest thing to happen in sports all year. Probably, no, so probably nothing, yeah. nothing better would happen for the rest, unless the Cardinals or Blues win a championship. Mm-hmm. Nothing better. Nothing better would happen in sports. It's the first thing that Roger Goodell talked about, right, in, in his State of the NFL yeah. address was the rules, and mm-hmm. the catch rule has been the biggest one. If that ends up being the storyline of your biggest game, <laughs> imagine the you-know-what storm oh my to, God. to follow. Yes, it would be awesome, especially for us. I'd be so happy. And what if the Brewers get Chris Archer? Yeah, I'd be so unhappy. <laughs> then they are... Way better than the Cardinals, I think. Yep. They're, they're, they're that pitcher away, I think, uh, from being really, really good. Their offense is good already. They've got a shutdown closer in Knable. But they need an ace. Like They need somebody that, that can lock down the rotation. Archer would do that. Uh, if that happened, I know the Cardinals aren't really in the business of responding to the opposition. You might want to yeah. if, in fact, that happened. Thanks, Big Sis. Thank you. And thanks for your text to the Home Loan Expert text line 65780. Coming up, more on Super Bowl week with our friend and ESPN host Trey Wingo from Minneapolis. He's next on 101 ESPN.
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Cardinal World Series champion Brad Thompson and Chris Ranji. I'm Randy Carricker. And we head now to uh, the Lufia's Kia Celebrity Line. Our friend Trey Wingo of Golick and Wingo every morning here on 101 ESPN is with us. And they're broadcasting this week from the Mall of America, the Hard Rock at the Mall of America. Trey, always good to have you with us. How are you, sir? Oh, Randy, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful day here in Minnesota. The sun is out. The wind is whipping, and it's negative four. I, I heard you guys. So you have bought into wind chill. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm from the East Coast, and you know it gets cold in the East Coast. Then, uh, as you well know, living in the Midwest, there's something about that Midwest wind ripping across the plains when the temperature is below zero. Yeah, I'm into it now. <laughs> so, so I heard you're you're taking in some time uh, curling. Is that your new thing? Uh, we just I was just doing some curling with Larry Fitzgerald, and let me tell you something. That is a hell of a lot harder than it looks on television. It looks like the easiest way to the Olympics, in my opinion. Well, it's funny you say that. That's the whole premise of this spoof we're doing, is that Larry's like, it's the off-season, I've always wanted to be Olympian. How hard could curling be? <laughs> and then you try it. And uh, it let's just say it takes a lot of dexterity, balance, and upper body strength that he has and I don't. Which part is the hardest? Is it the actual, like, the, the one that throws it, and there's probably a real name for that, or, or the sweeper that's slowing it down? Like, what, which part is the hardest? Well, if you're throwing the stone, your balance has to be really, really good uh, because you push off with one foot. Uh, if you're right-handed, you're, you're right foot in, the, in like a starting block and your left foot outside, and you push off with your right, and then you slide forward with the weight on your left foot. And as you're sliding forward with your left foot, you have to throw the stone with your right foot all in the while trying not to fall flat on your ass on the ice. <laughs> okay. I managed to do zero times. Now, then there's the sweeping which is exceedingly difficult because you put your whole body weight into it and you have to sweep vigorously for about 30 or 40 seconds. But if you touch the stone, it's dead and it's, it's like a foul ball or a, it's done. So you have to sweep as hard as you can while not touching the stone. And I think I must have touched the stone in six out of seven attempts. Are uh, curlers uh, professionals, or, or I guess they're amateurs in this case, are they, are they intense well, they are, but they have a slogan, win or lose, we booze. So I'm okay with oh. that. It's like bowling. <laughs> Trey, we can go. I'm, I'm all for any sport where you can involve liquor while you're doing the sport. Golf, <laughs> bowling, liquor, it's all good. ESPN's Trey Wingo with us on 101 ESPN. Before we get to the game, I, I was interested this morning with your Aaron Rodgers interview to hear how candid he was, especially about the uh, firing of Alex Van Pelt. What did you think? What, what did you take out of your interview with Rodgers? that he is not the happiest of campers. You know, I mean, they got rid of uh, both coordinators. I was happy with Joe, having Joe Philbin back. He was there in the OC for the Packers in 2011 when they went 15-1. and The offense was humming. But let's be honest, as long as Aaron Rodgers is upright, the questions are going to be about that defense. And, and you know, they have not done a real – outside of Mike Daniels and maybe Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, they haven't done a really good job of, of finding impact play, playmakers since Clay Matthews, really. Uh, so, you know, he, he was not happy – when he said, you know, uh, we, there was one decision that I thought was, or some of them were curious, I was like, well, that, that sort of triggered an alarm in my head. So I said, what do you mean? And he went specifically to talk about Alex Van Pelt. Obviously, he feels like they worked very well together, and the results would indicate that. But uh, I, I, think he's, uh, I think this is a way a star player letting people know that I'm not really thrilled with some of the decisions that are being made. Trey, uh, we live in a society now where we kind of hate greatness. Like, we get tired of it. We get tired of seeing the same brands all the time. And obviously, uh, people are there, or at least some people are there with the Patriots. Are you there with the Patriots? Uh, or would you rather see a fresh face, or do you just love seeing some greatness out there? 
Well, look, there's two things to that. Patriot fatigue is real and it's spectacular. There's no question about that, okay? But on the same time, you, t- you do have to appreciate what they've done. I mean, let's just, let's just put it in perspective that folks in St. Louis can, can appreciate. They won their su- first Super Bowl when we all thought Kurt Warner, Dick Vermeil, Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt were going to win their second. And that was after the 2001 season. And it's now 2018. Uh, Marshall's in the Hall of Fame. Kurt's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dick has moved on to the Kansas City Chiefs and retired yet again. Uh, Torrey will probably end up in the Hall of Fame. Isaac Bruce could end up in the Hall of Fame. And they're still out there doing it. So, yes, it, it does get a little monotonous at times when you see the same team winning it all over and over again. But the idea that they're doing this still is absolutely remarkable and ridiculous. Look, Mike Vrabel was named as a head coach. Uh, this past week of the Tennessee Titans. The last time the Patriots played the Eagles in a Super Bowl, he caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. And Brady and Belichick are still out there doing it. It's absolutely off the charts. We'll never see it again. This, this, will, this kind of longevity with a quarterback and a coach will never happen again. And the idea that team has been here so often, obviously the experience helps. I don't know how much it helps, and it's not always the deciding factor, but it, it certainly does help to have been there before. But do the Eagles have enough? They've got a great defense. They don't have their starting quarterback, but Nick Foles has done well. Do they have enough to win this game? Yeah, everybody asks that question, and the answer is yes, they do. The question is, will they? Because, look, if you're going to beat the Patriots, you have to beat the Patriots. They're not going to beat themselves. I mean, they were down 28-3 to in, in the Super Bowl last year, and they found a way to come back and win. All the, all the Eagles, I mean, excuse me, the Falcons had to do – would score one more point or make one more first down, and that game's over. It's over. And then you go to the AFC Championship game. The Patriots were down by 10 to Jacksonville in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to play, facing a third and 18. Let me repeat that, a third and 18. And they converted. So if you want to beat them, you've got to go full Karate Kid Cobra Kai. You've got to sweep the leg. You've got to (laughs) choke them. You've got to step on their throat until they turn blue because they are not going to give up, man. And, Trey, you made the point this morning, and we've always talked about it. Belichick likes to take away your best guy. And Philadelphia's best guy is Fletcher Cox. I'm intrigued to see what sort of creativity Jim Schwartz and that defensive staff in Philly employ to try to get Fletcher Cox, A, isolated on one offensive lineman and who he moves inside. I have to believe that we're going to see an awful lot of stunts. We'll see guys like Chris Long and Brandon Graham inside and rushing up the middle, which is the way you beat Tom Brady. Absolutely. Look, the headline that I can guarantee you won't be on Monday, February 5th, Fletcher Cox destroys Patriots, wins Super Bowl by himself. Okay, All the times that the Patriots have played J.J. Watt, I don't think he has a single sack because they were not going to let him do it. Now, if they beat you with Whitney Merciless or Brian Cushing or, uh, you know, Jadeveon Clowney, congratulations, you did well. But that guy is not going to do it. So, Teddy Jernigan who was a former number one pick of the Ravens and is now playing on that defensive line for Philadelphia. He's going to have to have a big game. You mentioned the former uh, St. Louis Ram, Chris Long. Those guys are going to have to flash. You know, they do go seven or eight deep on that defensive line rotation, and they're going to have to find a way to wear down that offensive line and, as you said specifically, get pressure up the middle. Trey, as you know, we didn't get to see the the best Nick Foles ever, but we know it's been there. We've seen some great games out of him already uh, so far this postseason. Uh, wh- what do you like about Nick Foles' game? I mean, is, is this as big of a mismatch as it looks like on paper? Well, in terms of resume, absolutely. Um, but, you know, remember, that was the number one defense that the Eagles played in the NFC Championship game, the number one defense in the NFL. 
and Nick Foles went 26 of 33 for 352 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It was remarkable. The list of quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have completed 75% of their passes in back-to-back playoff games is this. Joe Montana and Nick Foles. <laughs> That's it. Now, he's capable. Can he do it again? Will Belichick and Matt Patricia and that defense allow him to feel comfortable enough to do it again? That's another question. You know, the one thing I'm most curious about in this game is if the Eagles have the chance to beat him, can they do it? Because we haven't seen anybody do that, really, like, take them away since the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game, and they had to hang on for dear life after beating Tom Brady up and down that field in Denver two years ago. I know Tom uh, Brady has said that his hand is not exactly where he wants it to be, and, and we saw during the last game he's, he seemed to be perfectly fine. It did not bother him at all, or at least that's that's the way it appeared to us. Um, it, he always talks about being able to stay healthy and feeling like he can do it better than others, but can he extend his career on to the age of 45? Because, I mean, clearly anything can happen. You could take a wrong hit, break a bone, and you will get injured or do something to your knee who really knows and that could end his career but but is he capable is he truly capable of being effective for the next three or four years after this one honestly i don't think he is um i mean we've never seen this before you know he's the first 40 year old to to play in a super bowl he's now you know peyton manning even after brady last year was still the oldest guy to ever play in a, in a super starting a quarter as a quarterback in a super bowl and now brady will take that mantle Look, he's already rewritten the record book. The most touchdown passes, most yards, highest completion percentage, most playoff wins for a quarterback over 40. So we're already, we're already in uncharted territory. Look, the one thing I know with any certainty in this life is that Father Time is going to be and will continue to be the all-time undisputed champion of the world. It's just a matter of how much longer this can go. And I think that goes to the rift uh, that there's been, and the Patriots have admitted it now, that there's been some tensions about how the quarterback situation with Jimmy Garoppolo was handled. I mean, Bill had it set up, I think, the way he wanted. He had it set up where he had, I believe, his guy that he thought was the heir apparent, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, when you heard Jonathan Kraft, the president of the Patriots, say today, Tom has earned the right to stay as long as he wants and retire when he wants, that's Bill saying, wait a minute, I've built this thing with so many different players Hell, I won 11 games with Matt Castle as my starting quarterback. Two years ago, on a short week after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in a game against Miami, we chucked out the entire playbook, and on a Thursday night uh, against the Texans, we won with Jacoby Brissett, where I think they had 23 or 24 quarterback design runs, which I don't think they had that entire many runs in Tom Brady's entire career before that game. So, look, the idea of trading away Tom Brady or getting rid of Tom Brady after 2017, yes, it's ridiculous. But Bill is always about the long term. Emotions are not part of these decisions for Bill. And what Jonathan and Robert Kraft are saying is their emotions are dictating now how much longer they believe Brady can play. And Bill is not about that at all. He's about X's and O's and what's best going forward. Hey, Trey, before we let you go, you guys are off to a good start. Golik and Wingo on ESPN Radio. You sound great and uh, happy for you that you're able to get up at 2 in the morning every morning. Oh, yes. You know, when I got into broadcasting, Randy, the first thing I said, if I could only find a job where I could get up before the crows and the the roosters, I'd be thrilled. And we've made it there. Beautiful. Have a great week in Minneapolis. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Take care. See you, brother. That is Trey Wingo joining us here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, still with NFL Live and, of course, Golik and Wingo in the morning. He's a busy man. He is. Incredible. That that is an early wake-up call, I'm sure, daily. Yeah. No traffic, though, at 2. 
That's true. Good point. Got that going for you, which is nice. Yeah, he probably has a car that drives him in. Probably has a guy for that, huh? Yeah. How well do you have to do to have a guy for that? Oh. uh, Quite well? Yeah. I mean, you got to be like in seven figures, probably. Upper six. Well, we'll all drive. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN coming up. The Blues back in action tonight in Baston. We'll preview that one and have more in your hot topics of the day next on 101 ESPN. We do have a uh, mic drop feature coming up for you later on here in the show. Seven players up for the Cardinals Hall of Fame in 2018, but only two will get in. Who would you like to see get in and why? The nominees, Ray Langford, Vince Coleman, John Tudor, Lee Smith, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, and Scott Rowland. If you only get to vote for two, who are you choosing? Leave us a mic drop on the 101 Sports app or call and leave a voicemail at 314-656-6101. Blues play in Boston tonight. It's the dad's trip. And Jake Allen is between the pipes for the Blues against the Bruins, who, who by is, the way... Randy. Yeah. Who is Jake Allen? Jake Allen. He's that new goaler. Uh, I don't. Do you recognize the name? I've, I haven't heard that name in a really long time. I don't. Yeah, he's he's new and exciting. Nice. Well, good. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Eh? What's uh, what's he got going on? Uh, just wanted to play. Oh, cool. Just so they just signed him as a backup goaltender recently. Yeah, to Carter Hutton. Oh, no nice. doubt about it. Right. The Bruins just had their streak of 18 consecutive games without a regulation loss snap the other night against Anaheim. So they have been red hot. And as Jake Allen gets the start for the first time in about two and a half weeks, Mike Yo says, not a story yet. You know, to me, it's not a big story right now. Uh, and I can understand sort of why we want it to be. Um, the story really, uh, in a lot of ways, has been about Hudson, and his play and his performance and, and obviously the, the playing time that he's gotten because of that. Um, but, uh, but obviously we know what Jake is capable of and what he's done for us and, and what we continue to believe that he will do for us. So um, good chance to get him in here. No, and it makes all the sense in the world, and uh, they don't want it to be a story. Nobody want, nobody really wants it to be a story. You just want somebody to go out there and give you two points, but it would be nice if you're number one, the guy that was the future, the guy that you signed that long-term contract to, uh, him doing it, but who mm-hmm. cares? Carter Hutton has been great, and hopefully Jake Allen is great again this evening. And I, Allen's last start, by the way, was January 9th. Were you sure. saying he got some new gear, Ooh, too, Randy? Wow. Yeah, he's got a new-looking helmet. Whoa, so yeah. just, a, just a helmet. Didn't change out all his pads or anything? I don't believe so. I figured there might be rust issues. Well, the helmet. <laughs> oh, in the pads? Mm-hmm. I just get some Good oil. Yeah. Like the, the Tin Man. Wizard yeah. of Oz You said he reference. doesn't have a heart? Uh, no, he just had to get some oil for the joints. Because the Tin Man didn't have a heart, you know. Yeah. No, I think Jake Allen's got a lot of heart. I'm sure he does. Well, that's what the whole break was about, finding it. You think I guess. so? Yeah, that's what, that's what I heard. If you guys had to be one person, one cast member from the Wizard of Oz, who would it be? Oh. Um, I'm going Scarecrow. I think I would go with Oz. Oh, you want to be the wizard? Yeah. Oh, yes. But he was just such a sham. Yeah, he was a guy who was behind the curtain. I don't know. I just think it'd be fun to just go around just happy without a brain. You certainly don't want to be the Wicked Witch of the West. She She has a bad day when it rains. Yeah. Glenda had it going. I don't want to be the Wicked Witch of the East because that one gets, you know, trucked by a house early on. Yeah, she did. Her day's over really quick. My sister. Yeah. Uh, by the way, no, no more living munchkins, by the way. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Mickey Carroll, who was uh, yeah, from the he was the last he was one, one right? of the last ones. Yeah, passed away a couple years ago. Is that yeah. right? I don't know how we got here. Why but do you here know that? Uh, big Blues fan. Or big Gar- Cardinals well, fan. Well, he's, big, a, little, he's a little oh, Blues fan. Oh, okay. A little guy. Munchkin. Yeah. Uh, Card- but you, you knew Yeah, he was Mickey down to spring Carroll. training like every year. He was the best. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah.
Now, Boston, during the course of this great streak that they've had, has used both of their goalies, Tuka Rask and Anton Kudobin. Rask will start tonight. Here's Yo. This is a league where you need two goalies, and you need two goalies to get wins for you, and I think Boston's a good, good example of that. Um, you know, the success that they've had this year. Obviously, Rask has, has been playing lights out, but uh, Hudobin's stepped in and, and done a nice job for them when they when needed. But uh, that's life in the NHL right now. There's, there's, you know, you just can't afford to, to, to not get wins on certain nights. And, uh, and obviously, in order to make that happen, you need two goalies. Two goalies. You know, it can be lights out all the time, and it's great to have a competent backup. Uh, I guess the the only problem that you ever get into is if you ever have that situation where you have infighting, like where, where there's mm-hmm. a problem where somebody's upset about their playing time. I would think in the situation that the Blues find themselves in right now, Jake Allen probably understands what's going on. It's like, look, I, I know this is my job to take back. But Carter Hutton has been outperforming. How can you get upset if somebody is just outplaying you at your job? You just got to win it back. That's all there is to it. I think the reality is here, though, that um, we are spending a lot of time talking, and they are spending a lot of time talking about having to have two goalies in order to win. But how many winning teams really talk about that a lot throughout the year? Usually it's about the one goaltender, the other guy gets a start every now and then. It's not mm-hmm. about really splitting time. It just I think it goes to show you that they're still pretty unsure of what's going on. Yeah. Other news, LeBron James reportedly open to free agent talks with the Golden State Warriors. I think that'd be a mistake on their part I to think pursue Le- to even pursue him. Yeah, I think LeBron James is very good at stirring the uh the NBA pot also, like saying things that he knows that'll get people going a little bit. Um on both sides well, LeBron's side it would make sense. You go just you're on another dream team and you're good to go and no games even matter until you mm-hmm. get to the NBA finals while well, you cruise in four or five games. But I agree. I don't think I'd want him. And apparently he is insistent upon getting a max contract. So Durant would have to take less again when he already has so that they could add LeBron and they would have to take Clay Thompson off their team. Well, number one, Durant says the uh, it's it's BS. It's not the word he actually used. Um, he, he said the word. He said it a couple of times, mm-hmm. actually. So I don't think well, he, he believes it's going to happen. But absolutely, LeBron James should get a max deal. There's yeah. not, not even a question about it. And if you're LeBron, you want to get that word out there because you're in interested in the Spurs or the Lakers making a pitch for you and they certainly don't or the Thunder because they were going to they might lose both uh Carmelo and certainly Paul George so you want those teams to fear the Warriors getting you so He's pretty savvy. He knows what he's doing. And another basketball note, Alonzo uh, Alonzo Ball is going to miss the next two games with a knee problem. If this lingers, what are the odds that dad comes back? And criticizes the doctors. That's, there's no doubt. Lakers need better doctors. Well, strong to quite strong. Yes, yeah. he uh, and he probably is a doctor himself, yeah. right? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, he Ball. probably knows more than them. Yeah. Doctor Ball. And uh, every year, the Super Bowl halftime performer has a press conference on Thursday before the game. Today, Justin Timberlake had his press conference. He was asked about his son maybe learning how to run pass routes or uh, playing some football. He said. My son's not playing football. Happens. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily the 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 plug you want from your guy doing your Super Bowl halftime right performance the big um, as you're about to pay him to play. Look, you yeah. didn't ask him that question. You were just happy uh, to, that uh, JT said yes. I think there are a lot of parents out there that are saying the same things. Mm-hmm. I feel like my son has said a few times while we're watching football and he's trying to tackle me in the house, like, I want to play football. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Just thinking he might, you know, forget and just mm-hmm. actually want to play baseball. 
But uh, I think this will be a fight in my house one of these days. Get back to me when you're 14. I don't win any fights in my house, so my wife's he ain't playing football. <laughs> oh. Those are your hot topics of the day here on 101 ESPN. We have a delayed edition of the 4 o'clock fight, so it'll kind of be a 4.15 fight. Next up, what questions do you have for the Super Bowl for betting purposes? We're going to ask Dave Tooley of VSIN, Vegas Sports Information Network, next on 101 ESPN.